Praise God, I'm going to a city. Amen. I guess when you know peace, you have peace. Amen. And when you don't have peace, you just don't have peace. But I'm grateful today for the peace of God that passes all understanding. Thankful today for the peace of God that reaches beyond the borders of my intellect, your intellect, and, and it just causes us to embrace by faith the Word of God and His promises today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me for a few moments, if you will, the book of Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. I want to preach from this thought today. Uh, I know that it's been probably a while since I've dealt with this subject. Everybody wants to hear about heaven. Nobody wants to talk about hell. Nobody wants to think about hell. But the truth of the reality is, is that the Lord himself talked about hell. And he expressed in great detail those that would reject him what they would be embracing. And in Luke chapter 16, stand with me if you will, I'm going to read four verses of scripture found there and then we're going to pray. The Bible said there was a certain rich man verse 19 who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of stores who was laid at his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom and the rich man also died and was buried. Being in torments in hell, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. I want to preach from this thought for a few moments. The startling truth about hell. The startling truth about hell. As I said before, it's a subject that many don't want to talk about. But it's a reality that masses are going to experience if they continue to reject Christ and those who've already rejected Him. Father, we pray that you would add your blessing to the reading of your word, that you would hide me, your servant, behind the cross. God, that you would let your word go forth and bring enlightenment. Father, bring truth. Shine as a light in dark places. God, that humanity can realize and understand the truth and reality of hell this morning. And Lord, that it would prod within them a desire to say, I don't want to go there. I want to go to heaven and be with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look around at somebody and say, don't make plans to go there. Amen. Whether you're watching today by social media, whether you're here in this sanctuary today, it's a very important message. I think that Christ was sharing in this story here in Luke chapter 16, one that should bring 
very much enlightenment to our lives today, uh, not only as a church, but as the message of the gospel goes forth. We live in a generation many times today in America and in, in this land that we're living in that's always looking for the good feelings and the good things and we want to hear the goodness and the, uh, the good reports. Uh, but yet we don't want to talk about hell because hell's not so pretty. But I want to paint a picture of hell this morning in your spirit that's so real that you'll be able to see the importance of making the decision that you need to make for Christ. Is it about hell alone that we want to surrender to Christ? No. Uh, because he loved us and he suffered for us and he bled and he died for us. But the fact of the matter remains that if we reject him, there is a penalty for all eternity that we're going to see here. In this story, we see a man who was living very sumptuously, the Bible said. He was very blessed. He was very rich. He had all that he ever needed. Uh, nothing that he wanted for day after day after day. Uh, sometimes in life, I think in, even in America today, we've been so blessed that we forgot that day after day after day after day, we've enjoyed the blessings of God until such a place that if we're not careful, we've become complacent with Him. The truth of the matter is, is that this rich man had lost all touch with reality. The only reality he saw was that in which he was enjoying day after day. The only reality that he embraced was that which he enjoyed day after day. If he needed something, all he had to do was lift his hand and there it was. If he had a desire for something, all he had to do was to pursue it, and it happened. He never went without anything to eat. He never went without anything to drink. He never went without the amenities of life and living in this world. As a matter of fact, he never had to beg probably a bar for anything. But not only did he live in this condition, I'm sure his family was living in that condition. He surely had a wife, maybe kids, family, friends that got to draw from uh, the things that he was enjoying and from his riches and from his lifestyle into such a way. Sometimes it's good to have good friends, ain't it? Somebody said, amen. Nah, I'm not lost. I'm just taking my time here. Sometimes it's good to have friends that when you don't have, they will make sure you get what you need. Praise God. But in this particular parable, I wonder how many lives were affected by his complacency. Amen. In other words, how many lives were affected by his leadership being complacent about the reality of life? How many today have been affected by or influenced by complacency in people's lives because 
We've learned to live day by day in this life and become complacent about who he is. And that's what's happening in America today. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to go there anyway. In politics today, we've conditioned to live day by day. And what's happening in the world today, they're living day by day based upon their own intellect and not understanding that even this election and every election that may or may not come to pass after this will one day be over. But heaven is going to exist for eternity and hell will exist for eternity. It will exist for eternity. And yet this man did not realize that all he had was going to pass away. It wasn't going to last forever. Jesus even said, uh, he said, lay not up for yourselves treasures uh, upon earth where rust and moth doth corrupt, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He spoke of a parable of a man who was going out one day and, and he saw that his barns were full and he said, well, what will I do? I, I don't have nowhere else to put anything. He said, well, I'll just build bigger barns uh, so that I can continue to pack these barns up. And the Lord said, you fool, your soul will be required of you this day. Then who is going to get all these things that you've laid up uh, and, and going to waste through it and spend it? And, and the point of the matter was is that all these things will pass away. Amen to God. But heaven and earth will not pass away, that we have uh, something to look forward to that will not be corrupt, that will not rust, uh, that will not, come on somebody, help us today to understand God, the very truth uh, of what's happening in this man's life, a place of complacency, a place of influence, uh, where people are influenced by that which he's doing. God help me not to be an influencer, amen, to God in such a way that my complacency will lead people down the wrong path. Come on, somebody. Don't let my complacency or my love for the world and my love for, for the amenities of life and my love for, don't get me wrong, it's good to have a good hot tub every now and then. Come on, somebody. Whoo. It's good to have the nice things of life and be blessed. I'm not knocking those things, but when those things become my God, then I become complacent about who he is. And I don't want to have the influence over anybody's life that leads them to believe if you don't have the riches, then, 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 then you're not going to walk in the blessings of God. So many today said if God loves you, he's going to bless you and give you Cadillacs and fine jewelry and all these things. I'm telling you, if he loves you, he's going to give you eternal life. Life, if you surrender to him. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. He wants to give us eternal life. Amen, that's very more, much more valuable than a new Cadillac or a four-wheel drive. Don't get me wrong, I rode around the other day and my wife said, what are you doing? I said, I just want to pull up in here and look at these vehicles. And I, I, I rode around because I want one of them, them bigger back seats because sometimes we got to travel in my truck. And I, I just feel sorry for my kids having to sit in that thing and their backs propped up and, and I know that, that, that they just want to lean back and relax. Well, we can do that in the car, but sometimes I, 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 I need that space in my truck and I don't like driving all the way to South Carolina or Georgia, wherever I need to go, and they back there all scrunched up and laying over. I want them to be comfortable. So she said, you ain't about to buy nothing, are you? She said, be happy with what you got. I'm happy with what I got, honey. I said, I'm just looking. It's all right to look. So I drove through and I got to look, and I, saw, I even saw some of them things. I said, my goodness, I'm scared to get out and look at the price on them. 
So you got amen, brother. And I got out and I walked around and I said, this is a nice looking one. This is what I'm talking about, the big crew cab right here. And this is, I sure would like to have that be more comfortable, you know, and I was trying to convince her she wasn't buying it. And I looked on the price tag of them things and I said, my good gracious. I had to be more than my house. I said, no, no, no. It's funny how the price of things can change your mind. I got to look at that thing. I said, wait a minute. I said, all the prices of all the vehicles on this lot cannot compare to the value of heaven today. The greatest mansion cannot compare to the value of heaven today. Oh, be content with what you got. I said, thank you, Lord, for what I got. They're going to ride comfortable. They're going to be blessed. Amen. Unless God makes a way. The point I'm trying to make is this. We can become so complacent in our life that we think we've got to have everything. Amen. In order to keep up with the Joneses while we're trying to do this, we become complacent, trying to look good to everybody else, trying to look blessed to everybody else. I don't care if you look, if I look like I'm blessed or not. I know I'm blessed because I've been to the cross. I've been to the place where my sins were washed away, amen to God. And today we must understand that this rich man looked like he had it all, but when he died, he had nothing. He had nothing. Let me say it again, he had nothing. Preacher, why is this important? Because if you, have Je- if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. You have nothing. If you've not been to the cross, you can be president of the United States and be praised by thousands upon millions. But if you die without Jesus, you have nothing. You can serve in Congress or, or, or serve in the highest levels of the court. But if you don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing. You can have all the riches this world could hold and, and, and attend the finest church that a community could have in structure. But if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. What do we preach? We preach Jesus Christ, as Paul said, and him crucified. Why do we preach it? Because of his love for us, ultimately to deliver us from the penalty of sin, death, hell, and the grave. I come to tell somebody today that it is a sure thing. Death and taxes are coming your way. You'll not escape it. I reckon that's why some of the folks who's dead were still voting. They had to pay taxes. <laughs> so, well, if I had to pay taxes after I died, I might as well get one more in. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't let that go. It's too funny. The truth of the matter is, is that when death comes, we find out that nothing else matters but our decision to know Jesus or to reject him. Hell does exist this morning, number one, it does. It's not an imaginary location. It's not a false vice to manipulate people. I, I, people say, well, people preach hell all the time because they're trying to scare people to heaven. No, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to let you know it's real. It's not a vice to manipulate the actions of people to get them to, to live moral, with moral integrity. Only God can do that. I can't scare you into living right. Amen? 
None of us can. You can't scare me into living right. Only God and his love for us and his conviction and his reaching out and his, his touching our lives can change us and change what we desire. It truly exists. Hell, how do I know hell truly exists? Because Jesus said it, number one. Number two, in Mark chapter 9, verse 43 through 48, he said these words, and I, I liken this into flesh versus spirit, okay? Flesh versus spirit. How's it? If your hand causes you to sin, Mark chapter 9, cut it off. Jesus said this. He said, for it's better to you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands and go to hell into a fire that can never be quenched. He goes on to say, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. But not only did he talk about the hands, but I said there again, flesh and spirit. He talked about the feet. He said, and if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Lord, there'd be a lot of uh, lame folks walking around if we took all this seriously. Because we just want to go to heaven so bad we'd be cutting it, man, amputate this, cut this. I don't want to go nowhere. I want to go to heaven. But that's not what he's talking about. Truth of the matter is, is some, sometimes some of us would be better off if we didn't have feet. Feet, oh Lord. Some of us would be better off, but anyway, this is, this is listen to the, to, to the truth of this. If your foot calls you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter lane than having two feet and be cast into hell. Truth. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Sometimes I wish I didn't see all I see. Amen? Because you can't unsee some things. That's the truth. Some things you wish you could just unsee. But you can't unsee some things. That's why we have so much trouble with social media today. Some of the stuff they put on there. The news. Hollywood, you can't unsee some things. Once you've seen them, they become an image in your mind that you have to, that you have to fight sometimes at periods of, in your life, at seasons of, of trials in your life. And I'm not talking about pornography, church. I'm talking about anything. Once you see it, you've seen it. And that's what the devil's counting on. He wants the world to see and to be shaken under fear and to come up under the submission of his authority. But I got news for you. It don't matter who's president, he's my king. Amen. They can't keep me out of hell. They can't legislate, legislate enough laws to keep you out of hell. But Jesus, with one drop of blood, one drop of blood can turn it all around. Jesus said this, hell does exist. And he said it's a place where you would be rather to let your fleshly desires die and to walk in the spirit of truth and to make your journey to heaven through his grace than you had to trust in your flesh and to trust in the world and be cast into hell in a fire that will never be quenched. Real people, number two, hell, number one, hell is real. Number two, real people go there. Real people go there. This rich man was just as real as you and me, I believe Jesus was speaking of. I believe with all my heart that there are people today 
that sadly have family members or church family or, or even uh, co-workers that did not know Christ, that if they haven't died yet and if they die uh, before the Lord comes or, or even after the fact that they're going to wake up in hell, sadly. Why is this uh, so startling? Because the truth of the matter is, is it very well could be. Hear what I'm saying, and I, I, I'm not judging anybody, but it very well could be anybody around you. Preacher, I, I take offense to that. Don't take offense to it. This is how important it is for us to walk in God's truth and to live a, a life of influence that points people to the cross because I don't know about you, I don't want even my worst enemy to go to hell. Amen. God doesn't want anybody to go there. I don't want anybody to go there. I don't want my children to go there. I don't want my grandchildren to go there. I don't want my church family to go there. As a matter of fact, I've been seeing some videos that, that show a, a church having service and the rapture took place and many got left behind. I, I don't want to see that. I want to see that if the Lord comes back at Stoneville, that everybody in the doors is going up. Amen. That we have preached and we have I can't tell you that's going to happen, but that's my heart's desire. I wouldn't want to leave anybody behind. Amen. And I'm sure that the Lord doesn't. It's not his will to leave anyone behind. That's why the message of salvation is the greatest message of all and anything that causes us not to be focused on that needs to be put under our feet. We want to see souls saved. I'm sure there are wives that don't want to see their husbands lost. I'm sure that this man, as we begin to read the story, found a, that unfortunately, and we'll talk about that in a minute, he couldn't turn things around, but there was a wife or children that were left behind that probably did not realize where daddy went. Probably did not realize where he was at. Oh, well, he just passed away and our hearts are broken. I want to go ahead and tell you, I've been to a lot of funerals and every funeral that has taken place in a church Some of them got preached into heaven and we're not the judge. But some of them got preached into heaven and all I can say is, well, I hope before they took their last breath that they made a profession of faith. I can't tell you where they're at. I've had to preach funerals where I literally stayed away from the subject. Oh, but when I knew a saint of God, a child of God who had lived that life had passed and I knew where they were at. Oh, how easy it was to, to just go and to preach and to, and to sh share the integrity of their life and, and how they lived it and, and how we know they were rejoicing in heaven. Isn't this uh, the memory and the thought and the hope that you want to have for your family? God forbid. I don't want to spend the rest of my life wondering if they made it or not. I want to know they made it. How am I going to know that? Uh, the only way I'm going to know that is to share the message of the gospel, amen, with them, to live it before them. And, 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 and come on, let me go ahead and get, get something in your spirit that you understand that, that perfection comes through Christ, not through you. In other words, there are people that have judged people to hell just because they may fail sometimes. They may have a wrong. Hey, we're all human. 
But it's not the ones who don't fail. It's the ones that when they fail, they get in tune with God and get it right before God and keep walking. Amen. Keep loving God. I've known the greatest saint, amen, to the Lord, to have fallen short at times. But it wasn't their falling short that defined them. It was their faith. Come on, somebody. You've got to keep pressing on. You've got to keep pressing on. Why? Because real people do go to hell and we want to be those that can influence them in the right way. Men, uh, uh, hell was not made for men. It wasn't made for you or me. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. He said uh, that them on his left hand depart from me. Anybody ever want to hear those words? No, goodness no. Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. He didn't prepare that for us. It wasn't his will that any should perish. I want to tell you that those that reject Christ as their personal Savior will experience hell. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say unto me under that day, this is, this is startling too, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare unto them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are people, amen, to God who, who, who think that they are connected and they are walking in, in prophetic and they're walking, amen, in, in giftings, but their hearts are not in tune with God. They're not surrendered to Him and they're prophesying and, and they're doing many wonders and they think that they're going to heaven because how many knows that God will work in spite of you? I've seen God work, amen, in spite of people who fell so short of the glory of God. Why? Because God's word will stand. How many believe that today? I said, God's word will stand. Why do you think unsaved people can, can pastor churches and, and preach and they, and they make it look so good, but, but sometimes they're lost? I'm not judging. I'm just saying there have been pastors that have, that have come to a realization that they were lost and they needed to repent and turn to God and be saved. Amen. But yet they held those offices or leaders, they held those offices and they continued on and they did like this rich man. They got connected with, with, with the, the giftings and with everything else that was happening, but they lost sight of who he was. And before they knew it, they were going through the motions of religion. But Jesus said, you're gonna use those excuses to say I've done these things but, but, but I'm going to say depart from me I never knew you why because it's not what you do that gets you there it's who you know that gets you there it's who you serve that gets you there it's who you love that gets you there and who you surrender to that gets you there amen it's not what we do it's who he is and God will work in spite of People are saved because of the Word of God and because of the Spirit of God. And number three, eternal perils of hell. It's eternal. 
It's a place of torment. Hell is a place of unquenchable fire. Luke chapter 16, verse 24. I remember sitting as old, what's the fellow's name he said of? On Duck Dynasty. No, no, no. The one that worked for him, he wanted his hot tub. Y'all know who I'm talking about. He had a hot tub. That's what he called him. Godwin. Godwin had his hot tub. He wanted his, he didn't call it hot tub. He called it his hot tub. And they got him one and helped him set it up and out in his front yard and they put water in it and he climbed in it. Water wasn't even hot. He just climbed in and he said, that's all he wanted was a hot tub. When the Lord blessed us a few years ago, my cousin had one that she was getting rid of real, real cheap. And we were able to get it, worked fine, worked great. And uh, in fact, my wife still wants me to go, go down to South Carolina and pick it up. <laughs> Things are heavy. But I'll never forget the first time I got in that thing. It was hot. I mean, it was hot. Ooh, I said, how in the world y'all get in this thing? It was hot. But you know what? I had the privilege of getting right back out of it. That made all the difference in the world. I was in it, but then, thank God, I was able to get out of it. It was, unquen was it unquenchable heat? If I'd have stayed in it, I'm sure it would have been. But I could get out of it. This man said, Lord, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the finger into water and cool my tongue for I'm a tormented in this flame. Luke chapter 16 verse 24. Hell is a place of unquenchable fire. There is no water there to quench your thirst. There's no water there to cool you off. I'm just going to go ahead and speed this right along now. There is no way to escape hell once you arrive. You're there eternally. It's not a place that you'll ever be able to just jump out. Well, I'm hot. I, let me turn on the air conditioner. My goodness, somebody go get me a glass of water. Oh, Abraham, will you send Lazarus down here? Let him just dip some of that cool water on my tongue and just make me, make me get a little bit of, of, of quenching in the midst of all this heat. It's not going to happen. The Bible said there's a great gulf. None can pass to you and you can't get to them. You got to understand something. Once you're there, all the amenities of hell you'll never be able to escape why are you preaching it so hard preacher because it's truth and the truth of the matter is if we understand how glorious heaven is we also must understand how destructive and enduring and eternal hell is how painful and how tormenting Jesus shared it because he wanted folks to understand what happens when you reject God. You say, well, what are we going to do now? We got this president in here. They're going to kill babies. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. We might not be able to stop them, but God is on the throne. He is the judge. Worried about jumping on Christians for who they vote for? Just, just vote for what's right and quit condemning everybody. 
Amen. Some people voted for him, didn't mean no harm, didn't understand. They voted for him. Maybe they did. Maybe there's some fraudulent, fraudulent things going on there. Maybe there is. God's going to expose it. But let God be God because I promise you this, that if you do not accept Christ and repent of your sins, it doesn't matter whether you've legislated abortion, whether you've legislated things that are ungodly and abominable, you will answer to God before it if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Let me tell you, he's still King of kings. He's king of all presidents. He's king of all kings. He's Lord of lords. And for a thousand years, when he returns at his second advent, he is going to rule this world with a rod of iron and he will show righteousness upon the earth. Somebody ought to give him glory. Until then, why did Jesus share it? Because there is a peril of hell. One is the unquenchable thirst. Another thing is you'll, you'll remember. Your memory will be real clear. Some of you that are listening to messages or have heard messages in the past that God sent or things that God has done, People that God sent into your life to extend hope and to bring you the message of truth. You're going to remember those things. You're going to remember the kindness that God's shown, shown you in the midst of your life. And you're also going to feel the pain of rejecting Him. But it won't be a pain like you have felt. I believe it would be more intense than even hitting your finger with a hammer. It will be one of the most deep, intentional, uh, deep, intense spiritual feelings of pain you'll feel for all eternity. It will be misery. It will be pain. Hell is torment. Hell, number four, is permanent. Rich man told that he could not leave. He had to stay there. When Christ returns, the white throne judgment, the final judgment of Revelation 20, they will transition from that place of outer darkness, that hell, that Sheol that Christ is talking about. And they will be judged at the white throne judgment. And all those who didn't receive Christ will be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. Church, I'm telling you, hell at any level is a place you don't want to be. It's a place you don't want to wake up. So what do I do about it? There's only one way to avoid it. Stand with me. Only one way to avoid it. And that's to make a decision for Jesus Christ. That's to make a decision that says, Lord, it's not just about hell. I don't want to go there. But it's about your love for me. It's about the fact that you cared so much for me that you came and you died. You died on the cross for my sins. Your blood... You desire to cleanse me. 
to bring me into the kingdom of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Give me hope. God, today, this is what it's all about. And if we reject Christ, we reject the only way to heaven. There is no other way. Oprah tried to say there was, but there's not. Why would you even bring Oprah up, preacher? Because that we're supposed to reprove and we're supposed to rebuke and we're supposed to point out. I want to tell you this. There is no other way to heaven. It's only through Christ Jesus. You can live good as you want to. I like what a minister said to, actually to Oprah that day, one day. She asked the question. She said, so there is more than one way to heaven. He said, let me explain something to you. He said, everybody comes from different places. Brother Freddie can share his testimony. He came from a place that he could testify of uh, from his birth to where he's at now. I did. I came from a place. I wasn't born in a city. I was born on a farm, milking cows, calling them in. I mean, my goodness. Missed that sometimes. But he said, everybody comes from a different place. Some people come from Africa, France. They're not born into things that, that other people are born into. He said, so the avenue they take to get to heaven is going to be different. None of us can say we've, we've all had the same experience in life. Maybe some. But he said, Oprah, he said, there's only one door. So every avenue that people have to take leads to this one door. Does it make sense to know Jesus? I don't care if you was born on a farm or born in Manhattan somewhere or born uh, in, in, in Beverly Hills or born in Africa or born in France or Germany. It all leads to one door. And that door is Jesus Christ. And he is the only hope of eternity. He is the only hope of all eternity. To escape hell, you've got to go through that door. And you can't go through that door unless he lets you through it. What does that mean? You can't just choose to walk through. You've got to surrender to him. And then, as you do this, he'll allow you to walk in and to walk through. What does that mean? Nobody can just walk through. Well, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm just going to walk through that door. No, you literally have to surrender your life to the Lord and ask him to forgive you and be repentant of your life of sin. And he will accept you. He will forgive you. And he will let you in. Father, I pray today that you would take this message, Lord, and that you would let the picture of hell be, be painted so vividly in the heart. But also the grace of God today, Lord, to be that which many see the value in greater than they ever did before. The cross of Jesus Christ, the place, Father of redemption, the place where we are bought with a price and we become your children. 
as we accept Christ as our Savior and what He did on the cross. Then knowing the hope of heaven, God, through the resurrection of Christ today. Lord, I ask you, Father, that you would take every heart that's heard this message and, Lord, that is being spoken to of the Holy Spirit even now. God, that they would not put it off any longer, that they would not reject the Lord any longer, that they would say, God, here I am. I'm coming through that door. I surrender my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I sincerely repent today. God, I need you. And I accept the promise of your grace through Jesus in my life. If that's you today, I pray, whether you're here in this audience or whether you're on social media, that you will experience that born again experience by making a decision today in escaping the perils and the startling truth of hell. You don't have to wake up in hell. God has made a way. God has made a way. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you would let every life that would respond to you today, Lord, be rejoicing even now that your grace has reached down to them in such an hour as this to speak to their life. God, to find them in their darkest of places, lost condition, and, and to express to them your love through your word, God, and through your presence in their life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring conviction, God, that would shake the very core of the heart of brokenness and, and the lost condition, Father, would just begin to see a light of hope shining in their life. Jesus reaching down, extending his arm of grace to take them and to show them the new life. Father, I pray that this message will not go and return void. But as your word declares, that it will go forth and accomplish where you send it forth to accomplish. And that the kingdom, the kingdom would rejoice. Angels would rejoice even now over those that would respond to Jesus today. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.